Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How the heck are you doing? Doing pretty good. Very good, actually. Looking forward to a ding-dong dilly of a show. Well, I am, too. And for those of you who might be new here, this is The Bro Show. We are actual brothers. I'm Jerry. And I'm John. We talk about four things during every show. First, we talk about an animal and stories related to that animal. Today, we're talking about whales because this is what, John? This is the season of the whale. That is correct. Every week, we have a word. And it's not just any word. It's a word that often ties our whale story and our two-take segment together. Or it could just be a word we encounter during our copious research process. That's all. Yeah, so you never know where that's going to come from. And last, we do have a segment called Two Takes, where John and I discuss a substantive topic. Yes. Two different viewpoints, thus the name. And last but not least, what do we have last, John? We have groaners. Oh, and do we groan. Dad oh, jokes, we... bad jokes, whatever you want to call them. Bad dad jokes. Bad yes. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, well, listen, what are you, what are you, what are you wearing? Uh, hopefully, we're talking about above the, above the belt here. Okay, above the belt, let's keep it clean. Above the I... belt, let's keep it clean. Speaking of seasons, I'm wearing the season of the lizard. T-shirt with the horned oh, lizard on it. Lizard, yeah. You know, I saw that shirt and was tempted, but I dug a little bit deeper and came up with the Bro Show where it's got our two mugs and the, the aviator uh, fur hats we had on. I think it was a a, oh. a brisk day out in uh, on North Avenue Beach. We had those hats on, but uh, looking yeah. good. Smiling faces that. all the way. The best of sports, film, and Fake news. Those were the days. Fake news. Those were the fake news days. That's right. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Ooh. I can if I think chill, we done it. Yeah. I think we got a sponsor too, don't we? Oh, do we have a sponsor? We have a great sponsor. We Save the Whales. Save the yeah. Whales, a non for profit organization formed in 1977 by Maris Stacker, uh a lady who decided that uh, it was important for us to. Make sure that we promote and may, and help the continued existence of these wonderful large animals. So what she did is she came out with some T-shirts, which are near and dear to our hearts, as a, uh, a means of gathering revenue, revenue to start out with. And from that, she was able to have plenty of programs, primarily educational with children, as they can learn in the early age how important whales are to uh, Earth, etc., and when it comes in handy, they are ready to, to rise to the occasion and sponsor special projects. They're located on the Pacific Coast. And so the key to them is the, the T-shirts, the T-shirts yeah. that you can actually get. Oh, um, man, yeah. We've got, we've got a link in the T-shirt, so you just go right, right there and buy a T-shirt. Use the traditional method of supporting this fine organization by buying a T-shirt. I've got one. And uh, I would also say that, you know, this this mom and daughter combo, they have a picture of them in there. They are they really look nice together. And, you know, it just occurred to me, John, what a great thing to do. You know, uh, as as you get older, you know, do something with your mom. She's not going to be there forever. And it's a yep. nice little bonding experience. And they look like they're they're really on. You know, that's a great picture. So, hey, little advice. You might just try to do something nice with your mom or your dad. 
Yeah, don't wait for Mother's Day. Do it now. Yeah, do it continually. Have a project you work on together. Well, we got a right. story, too. We got a whale of a story. That's for sure. Oh, um, man. I'll tell you. And, I, yeah, I thought you were kind of scratching when you did this one, but go ahead. Okay, okay. So what we typically do for each animal when we have a season of is we take a look and come up with team nicknames. So we were hoping that we could come up with a name, Whale. So a team name, Chicago or whatever. So what we did is I went to my went to the mascot database, which I'm sure everybody has at their fingertips, such as I yeah, do. Yeah. And yeah, I know, went I and put in whale and came up with one one singular only team. The wow. Chicago whales. Now you're saying, what in the heck are the Chicago whales? Well, they're not don't go look at your sports page for them because they stopped their existence consists of actually one year, year 1915. So where does this story begin and end? Well, back in 1914, there was actually 14 and 1915, there were actually three major leagues in baseball. There was the American League, National League, and there was also the Federal League. Ooh. Chicago had three teams. They had the White Sox, the Cubs. And in 1914, they had what were called the Shy Feds. That was their nickname at that point. The yeah. Shy Feds decided in 1915 that they wanted to do a little bit more promotion. So they had a contest whereby each uh, people could actually write in and give their idea of what they felt the name of the team should be. Somebody wrote in Wales. And it comes from actually the fact is, and that meant, to this person who did it, this is, this is just an indication that when we win, we win decisively. We wail on our opponents. We beat them up. We don't the let verb. them get up. We kick them while they're down. It's the, the Chicago whales. Yeah. Well, sure enough, what happened was that the whales did, they didn't exactly wail on their opponents, but they did win the uh, Federal League Championship in 1915. At that point, the uh, the Federal League was uh, decided to settle up with the American and National League, so they discontinued. And part of the settlement was that the Chicago uh, Whales owner bought the Chicago Cubs and took some of his players and put them on the Cubs. He was the owner. Now, the other thing of significance, though, is the fact that the Chicago Whales had a new ballpark while the Cubs had an old beat-up ballpark on the west side. So Charlie Wiegum, the owner, decided that what we're going to do is we're going to use the Cubs. We're going to use our new ballpark on the north side, and we're going to call it Wiegum Park. Well, a couple of years later, he sold the club to uh, Wrigley, uh, William Wrigley, and they decided to call that new ballpark that started in 1914 Wrigley Field, and that's where the Cubs continue to play to this day. The rest is history. Wow. Now, a little personal note here, uh, you know, uh, I, I reunited with my friend Don Jaworski, who I had not talked to for over 50 years. He was uh, in the same dorm on the same floor that I was, and also a musician. So uh, in, in the process of that, he listened to our show last week and uh, really enjoyed it. So we have a new listener, an active listener, actually. And uh, I shared with him this week our show notes, and he was completely surprised by the Chicago Whales. He had no idea anything about the feds or the whales of course and uh so he he just said wow where do you guys get this stuff and i did not name the portion of the anatomy you use to get these things john so i, I showed some restraint that. i showed Please some restraint yeah. sure did do we have All a word we have a word? we have a word and boy i gotta be careful this is an acronym that is fleshed out it's uh i 
IED is the acronym, and it stands for Intermittent, intermittent Explosive Disorder. Yeah. So uh, 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 you, some people say, well, isn't that road rage, or is that just an explosive PTSD. anger? Is this, yeah. yeah, it's all kinds of different things, but, um, but maybe you can give a little bit of the background, because you're the one who uh, pulled this one well out of a certain part of your anatomy, so let's go for it. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> but this, I was triggered, I was triggered. I was triggered by something I saw on television, and I'll let you guess what it, what it was. Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. To anyway, last week's show <laughs> might 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 could. All right, so here's yeah. the deal. Uh, I I also was very interested in how this would. This is you know what this term is. This is it's not the uh, in, innovative uh, uh, explosive device that we hear about in, in uh, you know uh, Middle East in, in war. No, it's a person. It's a behavior of a person, and what happens is. It's triggered by anger, and uh, there are several, like PTSD uh, is not necessarily anger. It, you don't see anger necessarily. Sometimes you see catatonia. You see various responses that people have when a PTSD person gets triggered. But uh, this is always the same outcome, violence, abusive language, uh, you know, and it's sudden. It just comes up all of a sudden, and, it's, and, and the person who has it has no control over it. Frequently, this starts with a trauma that happens in childhood. So in many ways, it is trauma-based, and there are several trauma-based disorders. But this is the official name, according to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, <laughs> the DSM-5, that directly wow. focuses on anger, intermittent explosive disorder. And I think people, you're going to say, Jerry, where did you come up with this? Hey, I was watching the Academy Awards. And I saw somebody slap somebody on stage, and I'm not even going to give the person who did the slapping any attention whatsoever. But I will just say the recipient, Chris Rock, handled handled oh. this like a class act and continues to do huh? so. The slappy, the slappy, <laughs> yeah. And I've included, I've included in the photo bomb a fake movie that's made about the slap that was heard around the world. And you'll just have oh. to look at the photobomb to see to see what that is. Oh, boy. That's it. Well, you know, last week we did the Academy Awards before the awards were given. So this week we're going to take a look at Major League Baseball before their season starts, which was going to be uh, Thursday. So here it is, Rochelle Saturday. We're going to talk yeah. a little bit about two different things. Uh, one thing that's making this season different is the fact that we had a lockout. And people say lockout. Well, you know, the seasons, we're going to play all the games, this and that. But the fact is that the owners felt that they could get an edge on the on the players by basically locking them out in terms of anything uh, off season, which would be like trades, free agent signings, et cetera. So that started, uh, you know, back in December. So on March 13th, the uh, Players Association and the owners struck a deal. But as a result of that, spring training was put, you know, uh, a little bit tight, abbreviated, and it's resulted in, uh, you know, a, a tightening up, and a lot of different things are happening, uh, some of them affecting the rules. So the other thing that's really cool is that it, it resulted in a lot of what I call free agent frenzy, a lot of players not having jobs because they couldn't sign during that that's period right. of time. So there's, so there's a lot of things were happening at the last minute. 
But let's talk a little bit about some of the rules as they relate to not only the yeah, lockout, this is interesting. Et this is interesting. Yeah. So number number one is everybody's concerned about the fact that the pitchers are going to the poor pitchers are not getting the adequate amount of preparation that they need in a normal spring training. So they're going to have expanded rosters for the first month of the year, so that they'll have 28 players rather than the 26 or 25. That's and uh, those extra slots will be probably occupied by by pitchers. So the you'll so if you aren't confused enough by teams that have the 13 or 14 pitchers, you become more confused when you see a few more. Uh, so that's one of the rules. See, other thing is that one of the things that came out of during COVID uh, season, which was 2020, was that they started a thing called the uh, the automatic runner in extra innings. The idea being that what we'll do is we'll start inning 10 out the, with a runner on second base. This will, uh, will, will result in more runs being uh, run scored and will end the, the game will end quicker. And then we won't have these 16 and 17 inning games whereby pitching staffs are beat up and it's hard for them to recover. So we're going to have what, and I call that the ghost runner. So there'll be a, a runner on second base to start each extra inning. And so that is uh, now a part of the, of the rules post, post-COVID. post um, DH. The DH has always been American League uh, DH. Tell, tell them what the DH is. Tell them what the DH oh, is. Oh, designated hitter. Designated there you hitter. Go. So the DH is a uh, is American League, has a DH nationally. That's historically the way it's been since 1973. There's been a, always a lot of talk of trying to make it a universal DH where both leagues play the same way. Uh, the idea, the, the, the positive thing about the DH, it, by having this as the rule, is it allows, uh, it, it keeps the pitchers off the field with respect to hitting and running. And a lot of pitchers, uh, believe it or not, have been injured just by the mere fact that they don't know how to slide in the bases, they're not used to it, this and that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside is that there's a little bit less strategy because you don't have to make that decision whether you're going to pinch hit for the pitcher or not. And you probably have a, a with respect to getting extra players. Yeah. In, you know, you have a, a read on this too, don't you? I do. I do. Uh, I, I, there's two things I like about the DH and and why I'm not unhappy about it, it, it coming in. The first is I I don't have the history of baseball that you and, and Jeff have, my other brother, and, and so uh, it, this didn't affect me that much. But I did like the fact that it allows a player to prolong their career, and uh, right. and that's good. That's good for the economy. And that's good for people staying in the game a little longer. And I'm old. I appreciate older people being able to do what they want to do. But the second thing is uh, I like the DH because my favorite player relies on the DH rule. That is Shohei Otani of the Angels, the pitcher slash slider. First since Babe Ruth uh, that, you know, I like his play. In fact, now that I'm bringing it up, there's a rule. There's an Otani rule now. They don't call it that, but that's a slang name for it, right? Right. It's a, an interpretation is whereby if Otani starts the game and he's no longer pitching, he can then continue to be in the game uh, as the as a DH. So that that's kind of a little wrinkle that's put into this universal DH. And that's good, I think, too. Me, I'm the traditionalist. I, I prefer to see uh, both each league have it uh, different, but I'm just an old fogey. What can I say? So oh. one of the other things that had to be contested and worked out with that was a big uh, uh, kind of a, a point that would held up the season was how one, how many teams are we going to have in postseason? Uh, I think baseball has prided itself in the fact that it's limited the number of teams that it has yeah. in postseason. 
because it's got a, a long uh, it's got a long uh, season, 162 games. So it's a long grind, and it feels yeah. that the the best teams should be rewarded. And so, so let's not crowd the field with a bunch of uh, teams that are so so. And, and so historically, what's happened is that we've dealt, you know, originally, of course, there was just two teams in the World Series, and we've gone all the way up to as many as 16 in the year of the abbreviated season, which makes sense. If you're only playing 60 games, okay, let let 16 come in. What they were doing was there was a lot of talk. Well, the players uh, wanted a certain number and the owners, and so they finally resolved it by by determining that we're going to uh, we're going to go with uh, the six teams in each league or 12, rather than the the owners that wanted 14. So I think that's good. Uh, keep it keep it pretty tight. So that means that there will be the three division winners in each league plus three wild cards. That's six in each league. Two times six is twelve, and that's how we get to it. So that's another. Wow. One. Hey, are uh, we getting are we, get, are we getting closer to, to brackets as we know them in, in basketball and other other sports? Oh yeah, I mean they're they're, they're well. We're flirting with it, or yeah. There, there's bracketology. You could work uh, work it up in terms of bracketology at okay. this point. It's right. very I think doable. you did that last year, didn't you? Or the year yeah, before? I did. Yeah, okay. uh, you're absolutely right. right. Cool. Uh, we we had a whole thing about that 60-game season, which was kind of interesting, where we did brackets. Yeah. So uh, the implement yeah, – this is kind of next year, but it's interesting that, you know, the everybody's worried about that the lousy teams are going to tank in order to get better draft choices. And Major League Baseball has been very pure. The worst team usually gets the first choice with respect to – uh, play uh, with with the roster, the the draft with respect to high school and college players. They've decided mm-hmm. to do a draft lottery, which means that what they're going to do is they're going to basically you're going to pick, and there's a percentage involved in terms of if you're the lousy team, you get a higher percentage chance of winning versus a a, a team that's you know got the sixth worst record. So they're going to go with the draft lottery, and they think that that will you know make a difference. I don't know. We'll have to see. I just got one other one I'm going to mention, and that is this is this is a real wrinkle that probably nobody noticed. And the fact is that if a player requests it, the a team can has to offer a second language course. So that oh, means if yeah. Hispanic players decide that at the beginning of the season we want to be able to communicate better with our our teammates, so therefore, would you please offer a, a a second language course? And so that's possible. But I think the other thing I think it could go the other way. Yeah, and yeah. it's nothing that 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 a a player couldn't say. Well, look, I I want to understand my Hispanic players. Could you offer me a a, a second language Spanish course? So I yeah, that's cool. cool. It's it's cool. There's, another possi- there's another possibility too. Maybe you want to learn your own language. <laughs> you know, your own what? Maybe you want to learn your own language. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Get I didn't. Into I, didn't I didn't pay attention to high school. I was a star athlete, so now I want to learn how to actually speak the language I was born, <laughs> born with. <laughs> oh dear. Well, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of so that's a little bit on the rules. Let's jump in yeah. and talk a little bit about predictions. Now, I'm not the guy who likes to predict that the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win their division. I just predictions no. to me no. are either uh, you know somebody says, well, that's the same thing you've done the last four years. Well, they happen to win the last three, okay? So I like to talk about exciting teams that I feel are going to improve that people maybe are not noticing. My favorite of all, I've got three teams that are really uh, stick out to me. One of them is the Seattle Mariners. Now, the Seattle Mariners are confronted with a real challenge as it relates to playing 
Uh, and that is that they're the most road-weary team in the major leagues. They're stuck up there in Washington, state of Washington, yeah. which means that they've got to travel further on the road than any of they, they They rack up more miles than any other team. Just think about uh, the fact that you played a, 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 night game in, a night game in Tampa, and then the next day you're playing in the afternoon in Seattle. Not exactly cool. So that's kind of uh, the, right. the other thing about Seattle is that they right now have got the longest drought with respect to being in the postseason. They have not been in the postseason since 2001. So here we got a team that, is, and you have to remember, that's the year that Ishiro started, and he's, he's retired since then. So, I mean, this is a long, long time. So why am I so excited about them? Well, number one, last year, they actually had a pretty good record. They they won 90 games, and and, and so and they got and they pushed at the end of the season. They really had a lot of momentum. Since then, what they've done is they've actually acquired through free agents the uh, the, the best pitcher in their league, Robbie Ray. And there's a they got I think the, the dark horse, the person that's going to make the difference for them is they've got the number one prospect according to Baseball America, a guy named Julio Rodriguez. And a couple of days ago. He just happened to hit an inside the park home run against the guy who throws really hard. So I, I like I like him a lot. I, I look for these little nuances. So I really like like them. So that's my first team. My second team is the Toronto Blue Jays. Now the Toronto Blue Jays are uh, they are loaded. They're, you look at their beginning. They, they their lineup has got power plus, and they've only added to it during the, the postseason by getting a, a one of the best uh, third baseman, Matt Chapman. They've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's a young guy who just is hitting plus. So they've got their up and down the lineup. I don't want to go through the whole thing, but they're really good. The other thing I like about them is that they also did very well last year. They finished up uh, 90 with 91 victories. And quite often, this division that they're in, the Eastern uh, American League division, is, is clouded with the talk about the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees. But our poor... Neighbors in Canada, the Toronto Blue Jays, are kind of put on the back burner. The other thing to remember about them is that last year, with 91 victories, they were the ultimate road warriors. They played in three different stadiums. Because they were in Canada, they couldn't go play in Canada right away because they had very strict rules about going into Canada. They started the season by playing uh, 21 of their games in their spring training facility in Dunedin, Florida, then went to Buffalo, their AAA place, and played 23 games. And finally, they played their, their last 32 home games in their stadium. And in their stadium, they were 25 and 11. So just think if they would have had a chance to play their whole season at home, perhaps they would be not the team I'm talking about. We'd be talking about the World Series champs. So that is my second, uh, second team. My third okay. team I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies posted their first winning record in a decade last year. Now, let's not get carried away because you see that record happened to be 82 and 80. So they were actually world beaters here. But they made some big splashes into the free agency market and picked up a couple of uh, really good players. A guy by the name of Kyle Schwarber, who used to play for the Cubs, hit 32 home runs. In addition, they got a guy who I really like, Nick the Stick Castellanos, uh, he's a hitting machine, and uh, he's going to be their DH. And, of course, they got the the current MVP of the league, Bryce Harper. So Ooh. I think they're going to be very good. Their bats are – their lineup is loaded with a lot of offense. On the field, a little bit shaky, but they've got the secret weapon we all envy. 
they've got yeah, the fanatic. Philly fanatic. The Philly the fanatic, fanatic is it. the difference maker. A lot of controversy going around the fanatic, though. I don't know if you want to get into that because we only well, have a little time left. Yeah. That's so. Yeah, I, I, we will, we could save that for another day. We could, we could devote a whole section on the fanatic. Oh yeah, what a, definitely. Yeah, he's one of the best mascots. So, that's my read on this. And we could go on now. We can talk a little bit about uh, another team. That's the California, the uh, excuse me, the Anaheim Angels. Um, yes, that's LA right. Angels. And what, what, maybe you could give us a little a cue because uh, he's got the. They got their your favorite player on that team. Yeah, they, we do. We do. We have uh, my favorite player on that team, of course, is Shohei Otani. Showtime Otani. Otani. And he is great. And I love watching that guy play. You know, I'm trying to expand my whole thing about baseball. I've been doing this over the last few years. There was a time when I, I just enjoyed inappropriate behavior on the part of baseball players was the thing I enjoyed most about baseball. And that meant fights and uh, uh, you know, inappropriate physical contact, like excessive butt padding. Uh, verbal abuse, you know, these were the things I focused on. And I have to, I have right. to admit, that's, that, none of that's healthy. So I, I decided <laughs> I need to actually focus on the playing of the game. That might yeah. help. So show hey, Broaden your horizons. Like, I like it. I'm trying, very trying. And so I think they're going to have a great – the Angels might actually have a decent season because Mike Trout, oh, uh, one of their sluggers, is – He's going to be a full season. Yeah. He's going to be and a back. And Otani's yeah. it, it comes out of spring training. He's going to start the season as a pitcher. Uh, he's hit. He's done. He's batting 300 in in spring training. So I mean, it looks like what we saw last year could very well continue. And I mean, this was a rather arduous physical journey this guy takes. It's a, a journey that hasn't, like you said, been taken in many many years uh, since Babe Ruth. And it yeah. looks. I'm looking forward to seeing if he can sustain this. It, it's a, it's a remarkable story, and it'll only get better as he continues playing. He's going to so, do better. Yeah. He's going to do better. He's not going to get injured. In my predictions, he's not going to get injured too much. Uh, his his uh, pitching and his hitting are going to get better. He, yeah, I would also say that what's really good about your selection is I picked the Mariners in that that, that uh, division. You picked mm-hmm. the Angels, which means mm-hmm. we're, leaving their, we're leaving the Houston Cheaters, excuse me, the Astros, oh. out of contention here. Oh, don't my my look! My urologist is gonna re- really get upset. He listens to the show sometimes, so Does he'll he really? listen to this oh, one because it's baseball, and he is a huge Astros fan. And that is the only thing I don't like about Chris is that, that he has bad taste in baseball well, teams. Anyway, we'll leave it at oh, that. Wow. The groaners, groaners. Okay, I've got two groaners here. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred coach. to as the coach. So what are we going to do here? Let's got, let's start with what do you call a detective that accidentally solves his cases? What do you call a detective that accidentally solves his cases? Serendipitous detective. <laughs> Sheer luck, Holmes. Oh, that's excellent. I like that. One. Like that. I do. Okay, this one. What is a Hindu's favorite flowers? What is a Hindu's favorite flowers? It's actually the lotus. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're sticking to the, the, the truth, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, let's hear, let's hear the goofy answer. Reincarnations. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Wow, you got two good ones this week. Yeah, we did. 